Blog Talk Radio. Recruiting Animal here on July 29th, 2020. July 2-9, end of the month. Anyway, I've always wondered. We've got a guest. Don't worry, he showed up today. <laughs> we got a guest, but I have a little intro, okay? I always wondered how a third-party recruiter can get to know the culture of her client, right? Because uh, if you ask the employer directly, they don't know. They'll say something like, work hard, play hard. That's nothing to go on with. Well, anyway, I have my suspicions that you can't know confirmed when I just saw this article on BuzzFeed or something like that about the Ellen Show, okay, that talk show. Uh, The slogan for the show, it's directed at women, it's be kind, be kind. And they're always giving away stuff and things like that. But 10 employees, this BuzzFeed dug up 10 employees and former employees who are saying that be kind stuff only happens when the cameras are on, okay? That's not what it's like to really work there. And some of the examples are, you know, a bit funny. One former employee, she asked the producers not to use offensive terms like spirit animal, okay? And after that, her colleagues uh, started calling her the PC police, and she was reprimanded for her uh, objections to using that term by the boss. Okay, She also asked for a raise when someone else was getting more money for the same job, and she suggested that employees on the show receive diversity and inclusion training. That didn't go over very well. Okay, So she left the company, and then during this recent uh, spate of protests, her former manager uh, contacted her to apologize for not being a better ally. But that was too little, too late, she said. Here's something else that happened on the, in the office, in the background. The managers told the employees that if Ellen shows up around the office, don't talk to her. <laughs> you know what? I understand. I don't know how many employees they have, but, you know, maybe they're starstruck and they want to bug the, you know, the, the superstar, okay? And so leave her alone. Don't bug her. Maybe that's reasonable. I don't know, okay? Uh, one former employee took medical leave for a month to check into a, a mental health facility for a suicide attempt. Uh, uh, she came back to work, and uh, her position was eliminated. Not too sensitive. That's not kind, she says, okay? So here's my point. You know, if they're advertising themselves as be kind and, you know, someone tells you, oh, we're all family here, it doesn't mean anything. And, in fact, speaking of family, at the end of the article, which was very long, the producer said we're truly heartbroken and sorry to learn that even one person in our production family had <laughs> a negative experience. An employer is not your family, okay? So, Jerry, Jerry, that's The recruiting animal. Jerry, thank you. I'd love to hear you be saying thank you, animal. Thank you. But Jerry, I don't, he doesn't come anymore. He says he doesn't know it's Wednesday. He forgets that the show is on. Yeah, isn't that it? It's a kiss off. That's a nice way of. So you know, maybe he's just taking the summer off. I don't know. But hey, I have to thank our sponsors, whether Jerry's here or not. Okay, Hire Tool. H I R E T U A L. You know, I haven't billed the sponsors for a year and a half. <laughs> better do it okay h-i-r-e-t-u-a-l the super duper sourcing tool every single top recruiter loves it okay i'll tell you more about it later hone it h-o-n-e-i-t dot com the online interview recording technology video audio text they got it all 
okay? PCRecruiter.net, the Swiss Army knife of recruiting software. Man, it is so versatile. That's their calling card. And finally, our newest sponsor, StaffingDebt.com. If you're in the recruiting business and a customer stiffs you, or they hire somebody behind your back without telling you and pay, they don't pay you, these are the guys to go for. They specialize in collections for the recruiting business. Okay, and now to our guest. His name is Brian Dyer. Okay, i got to spell it for you. B-R-Y-A-N, not B-R-I-A-N, like a normal person, B-R-Y-A-N. And maybe that's because Dyer, D-Y-E-R, has a Y in it. Maybe his parents wanted to match it up. Brian, welcome to the show. Hey, good morning. Thanks for okay. having well, me. Well, what's that hesitation? Hey, good morning. Okay. Well, hello to the show. Hey, I'm happy to be here. Okay? Hey, I'm well, happy I to be here. I need to know here, you're animal. excited. Uh, Jerry's not here to fight with me. I need to know that there's somebody on the show who's got a little life in them. Okay? All right. I'm here. I yeah. got you. Okay. Now, I got I, I got to critique your social media. You got a Twitter account. I'm pretty sure this is you. I mean, oh. it's the craziest. Oh. oh, leave that alone. Leave that alone. No, B R. <laughs> just listen, everybody. Okay, B R Y A N D Y. Okay, then eight seven five one six one five one. <laughs> you know, Jerry never agrees with me about anything, but he would agree with me about this. If you don't want anyone to find you, that's a good name. If you don't want anybody to remember you, that's a good name. Okay. Oh, are you at a party? Oh, you're on Twitter? What are, what's, your, what's your Twitter handle? Animal. Oh, you'll never forget it. Brian, 8751615151. Yeah, they can't remember you. Come on. I'm not finished. I'm not finished. Your picture on LinkedIn, i got to tell you, it's very interesting. I was impressed. But the quality is absolutely terrible. He's got a picture of himself. You know, He's a diversity recruiter. So he's got a picture of himself standing behind, beside the, what's the name of the brave girl? What's her name of that little statue? Oh, fearless girl. You're going to attack Fearless that. girl, yeah. Fearless girl. And he's got the same pose as her with his hands on, on his hips. And, you know, I, I like that. But it's fuzzy. <laughs> I couldn't use it. I had to go, oh, and his Twitter picture is tiny, okay? I had to go looking on Google for a picture for him. Okay, so there are some decent uh, headshots of you that on other people's websites, why don't you copy one of them and use them, okay? Uh, why do I have to give you this advice? That's good advice. Thanks, Animal. Okay. Now, you bill yourself as a diversity recruiter, uh, and uh, to me, uh, you know, I read on some uh, convention or some site where you're one of many diversity consultants, you're the only one who's uh, a veteran and is uh, interested in veteran affairs. So I assumed that uh, that was uh, a diversity. I didn't consider it before to be a diversity category. Everybody else was more into the gender and uh, racial demographic uh, kind of diversity. But you're telling me you're a diversity recruiter across the board. Is that correct? Sure. When you look at diversity and inclusion, including equity, you're really talking about marginalized communities. What does equity uh, mean? What does equity mean? Equity equity is the difference between... Equity is the difference between diversity and inclusion. Inclusion is a community. Diversity is a statistic. Equity is how we get the marginalized community to a uh, to the table, if you will. But uh, if we're talking about the military community, you know, less than one percent serve, and then they come back, and they're you know from their service, and they're looking for opportunities. And over two hundred seventy-five thousand veterans, transitioning veterans, and their families, which is about one point eight to two point two million people transition out of the military out of an institution into the civilian sector. And you know what? I'm going to tell is, you something. Okay, you're not being hired by some company to make a boring speech when you come on this show. Okay. You've got to be conversational. You, you know, you've got to be uh, – and, and uh, you, know, you ask me, do you want data? Of course I want data, but I don't want to you – know, just say there's a million – 
recruit, you know, families or something like that. Don't talk in a monotone. I'm going to teach you something. Let me guide you, okay? Okay. Thank you. I appreciate it. Why is everybody all – I didn't understand. By the way, I didn't understand your your definition of equity either, but we'll forget that for the time being. I I didn't have a clue what you were talking about. Well, what's with the the veterans – why can't they get jobs? I mean, everybody's saying, help the veterans, help the veterans. Why can't they get jobs? Sure. We're a pro-veteran community, you know, uh, statistically speaking. Uh, well, we won't go there. Let's just say. No, why just say, is oh, it a problem for veterans to get jobs? I'm not an American, okay? So I, I'm not in direct jobs, contact with them. The jobs don't transition over. The job descriptions don't transition over. You have HR folks. We're underrepresented in HR, so when they see these resumes that don't make sense, they hear somebody who speaks in a different language. You're talking about an apples to Okay, but this has been going on for years. Hasn't there, you know, been anybody in the military who could just say to these guys, look, when you go out into the civilian world, you can't use the job titles we gave you. It doesn't mean anything out there, okay? you got to, you, you know, uh, isn't that just pretty straightforward and easy but here's a question these veterans are they are they qualified to work at anything else than a soldier's job i don't know you know you start thinking about this you know an f-16 pilot they're playing with an 18 million dollar machine they've got a team of 10 and they're doing 20 sorties a day flyovers over Afghanistan, making life and death decisions every moment of the day. Does okay, that, so you're uh, okay. You're of the hire for character school rather than no, hire I'm, for. No, I'm, I'm all about hiring for ability, aptitude, and talent. Versus, okay, yeah, but not quali- not 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 job uh, experience or or uh, designations. It sounds like because there's no pilot jobs uh, or, or unless the person is going for a pilot job. Okay, it's this, usually the job that they're get working on in the military was not the job they're looking for in civilian life, right? And you're saying it shouldn't make a difference. You're hiring a person who's got a lot of character. That's what you're saying. Am I right? To an extent, yes. Oh, I'm 100% right. Uh, do you want to blo- plug anything? Have you just recently gone into your own business, and, and you want to plug that? Yeah, absolutely. My, uh, I started a uh, tech startup with my co-founder, uh, Sydney Messmaker. It's a career readiness uh, platform that provides uh, individualized, curated, and personalized content to the individual career seeker, everything from uh, short and long-term career paths all the way to on-demand career coaching within a fully dynamic uh, subscription-based um, community. What does fully dynamic subscription-based community mean? Meaning that there's multiple products that uh, you join the community, you get to join other individual career seekers. Well, what does dynamic mean? What does dynamic mean? It means you can make it what you want. There's multiple products. Okay, lines, it doesn't uh, mean anything. Every... Take it out. Take it out. Okay. okay, why do I have to teach everybody? Don't put in these fluff marketing words. They're garbage. Okay? What about this? Beware of hemp shampoo. Okay? I read an article about it. If you use hemp shampoo and you take a drug test, you can come out looking like you're uh, smoking dope, okay? Now, have you ever run into that? Is that an issue for you, yes or no? I'm going to start guiding your, your answers. Yes or no? Right. Hemp, hemp shampoo. Problem? No, because I'm bald. It's not you I'm talking about. Your candidates or the career no, people I've you're never, advising. I've never, run, I've, I've never run into that because my veteran candidates are – you know, they're drug tested in the in the military, and when they transition out, they typically don't have the type oh, of yeah. lifestyle. They, they However, those guys, they got a reputation for going on drugs. Sorry, at least that's what I see. What about this? Would you respond negatively to pink candidate? No, it's not a problem. What about someone yeah. you were advising? Okay, you're now a career coach. I don't know why, but you you're some kind of career coach. Uh, they, uh, she's got, let's say it's a woman to make it easier. She's got, you know, a fine uh, color of pink hair. Uh, you you really like her otherwise. Would you tell her, you know, go back to natural before you go out for interviews? Uh, 
can can I use can I curse? No, hell no. Hell no, that's, that's not cursing. Okay. That's high risk for me. And two, why should I tell anybody else what they should do with their life? If they're skilled and okay. qualified, well, no, fine. You, you're yeah. not telling them, uh, listen, I, I don't like pink hair. I don't want you to have it. You're saying, I love pink hair, but maybe if you're going out for this job, it's not going to be suitable. Uh, do you think you – know, so I posted a, this a, on my Facebook group. It got like yeah, 130 100%. comments. So as a career coach, I think you have the right to advise and counsel that person on that, but in, in the end, it's their choice. Okay, Graham, do you want to talk? Graham, do you have an opinion? Graham. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a diverse workplace these days. There's a, uh, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, these guys, look at audience. If anybody's to, listening to this, look how hard it is for me to pin these guys down with a night. You know, diverse workplace. Is she going to get a job with pink hair? That's the question. Okay, I'm with them. The Let her have what she wants. I'm not going to get involved in that, okay? Let, you know, uh, if, if I'm going to Animal, lose a fee. Animal, on the in- industry. Come on, man. Yeah. Like, you know, she's, okay. she's in the hair industry, possibly. Yeah, okay. It's we're, 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 we're moving on. Business right. jargon, I read an article, business jargon is not inclusive, okay? This is a quote. White men in power use business terms largely created and embraced by other white men as an exclusionary tool against people who aren't like them. Whether the executives consciously discriminate against a female is not the point so much as the use of business jargon adds to the barrier already faced by women and minorities. Would you say that business jargon is uh, not inclusive? I think this is absurd. Okay. Go ahead. Hmm. It's a good question. Okay. If you don't want to answer, that's okay. I mean, you haven't thought of it. Let me me get there. All right. So – yeah, I would say that it is uh, it's business. It's just business jargon. It comes from the MBAs that have been passed from MBAs that have been passed from MBAs. It's just generational education. It's finance. Numbers are numbers. Business yeah, numbers EBITDA. are business EBITDA. numbers. EBITDA was, the, uh, EBITDA was the example, okay? And, and oh, Jesus, uh, I'm not a minority on. woman, okay? And I didn't know what it meant. I had to look it up. And every time I, I, I look it up, I forget right after, okay? So – EBITDA is a financial <laughs> term. <laughs> and, and I don't know, but according to these guys, it's made for me. It's made for me, I, and I, I don't animal, get it. Animal, you get, to, you get to a good point, though. You know, people that are in executive leadership typically follow a certain route. They speak a certain language. They know certain networks. They belong to certain things. So, yeah, that is an inclusive and insular group versus if you have a political science degree and you get into business and you've never heard of EBITDA, what does that even mean? So you don't know. So well, okay, well, then you're not qualified for the job, okay? <laughs> you're not qualified for the job unless you're fresh, a fresh grad and if they're throwing all this, uh, you know, this stuff at you uh, and they know you don't have the, the background, then, then it's another story. Here's a different thing. What would you say? I saw a, a young woman on uh, Twitter. She said, I'm not going to be your first diverse candidate or your only diverse candidate. It's, Ooh, I've been there, and I've done that, Ooh. and it's traumatic. Okay, So you're recruiting for a company, because I know now you're, you're doing this career thing, but you've been a, a corporate recruiter, um, and mm-hmm. uh, let's say you, you try to recruit somebody. You're, you're, you've been a diversity recruiter, and, and she says to you, uh, Brian, no way! I'm not your guinea pig. I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not going to be breaking barriers at any company. I don't like it. What would you say? So I've been in her shoes. Um, so I understand. Well, hold on, press, you, are you a minority? I looked at your picture. You don't look like it, except maybe I'm bald a, men, a, but they're not a big I'm minority. A they're, they're not a minority. Disa- I am a disabled veteran and come from, have a Latin background. So, you know, by all standards, I don't look like it, but that's not – that's identifiable diversity versus unidentifiable diversity. Very big difference. And I also grew up on a farm in uh, rural Tennessee. So, like, give me give me a little bit of benefit of the break here, 
I went into a company and I was the only HR representative supporting a niche or a program. And I was one of the only big, tall, burly, you know, bearded, you know, military veterans in HR. In fact, I was the only one. So I know what it's like to sit there in the corner of a room with, you know, 99% of your team being women discussing things that, honestly, I had no no interest in discussing or being around, you know. So I know what it's like to be on that side, and to – so it is tough. However, if in that case, I feel like she's just taking, um, you know, kind of uh, the easy way out and saying, like, oh, it's too hard to do this because, let's face it, like, if the job is something you're passionate about and you want to do, you're going to do it. And don't use your race, uh, your race card or gender card as a scapegoat to get out of it. So, uh, yeah, I I, I've I never heard that, that term before. In fact, I, I, it sounds so explosive. I'm afraid to repeat what you just said. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. You answered it. Thank you. Okay. Um, are women afraid of men? I've seen this before. Okay. But first I'm going to do a little ad. Okay. Hone it. H-O-N-E-I-T dot com. The online interview recording technology. You get on the the phone through a website with your candidate and it records everything said it turns it into a transcript if you want uh, audio or video uh, you can have both or either one if you have some very special important questions when you get to the question you press a button and when you finish discussing it with your candidate you press another button and it turns that portion of the conversation into a separate clip Okay, and you can send it to the hiring manager or anybody else on the hiring committee, and they get the key elements of the interview without having to listen to the whole thing, which might you know be a half an hour or an hour. They can listen to just a few minutes and, and hear the sizzle of the candidate in his or her own words. Okay, next question. Are women afraid of men? Okay, this woman says that one of her first meetings at work was at a big oil and gas company that had a male-dominated C-suite. And then the article said, I'm going to quote, that by itself would be incredibly intimidating for a 30-something-year-old female. She's not 18. She's not 21 who just got out of school. She's 30. Uh, Is it scary for a woman to be interviewed by uh, a few men is it who are older than her is that is that traumatic is it unfair well i've never been a woman so i can't really tell you how that feels but i would also say that in a positive light maybe she should get some mentorship that are men and really have some men that are allies in her space that can help her interview and maybe learn how to navigate that fear with a positive solution. Okay, I heard, I read, uh, and these might be odd uh, instances. I don't know how representative they are, but I've seen it more than once. Uh, a woman said she thinks it's unfair. She was a software developer. You know, uh, she was at an interview, and she, you have to do the whiteboard uh, problem solving in front of the interviewer. She said the interview is always a man, and it's not fair to make a woman have to, you know, do this problem solving in front of a man. It's more uh, pressure than, than is is uh, proper. Okay, does that sound reasonable to you? It sounded like outlandish to me. I go ahead. I would say that's important for an organization to make sure that there is representation of, you know, of the, on the interviewing team. I think that's incredibly important as for that person's experience. Um, you know, I, I never sat in that. I, once again, never been a woman, so I can't say that I've sat in that, those shoes, but I, I have sat before for uh, senior and executive uh, female uh, women that were interviewing me. So, you know, it's, um, I'm, you know, just prepare, be ready for it. I don't think that it's, I don't think that she should be able to push a company to say, Hey, 
I want a woman to, you know, be in the, on the interviewing team, but I think it is incumbent, especially in today's age, that especially in engineering that is so underrepresented by women engineers, that there is equal representation. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> what, if a hiring manager, what if a hiring manager tells you up front, if I reject it, this is where we're changing. Uh, that was my diversity section, okay? And I appreciate mm-hmm. you gave frank answers, okay? I, I, I think it's it's quite explosive. In fact, I'll read a, a little. Uh, hold on. Uh, area code four hundred eight. Is is that Glenn? Is that Glenn Gutmacher? Before I move on, area code four hundred eight. Speak up. Who are you? Do you want to say hi? No. Okay. I'm not going to force you. Okay. But I'm going to read you something. I don't know who it is. Okay, but look, I I found a quote by a a Toronto uh, journalist yesterday. Uh, She said, every word now is tainted with subtext and baggage. For example, free speech is now interpreted as coded support for neo-Nazism. All lives matter and black-on-black crime tropes are simply veiled racism. Okay, I don't believe they are, but I have seen people get accused. Uh, you know, these these things. Everything is it's sort of dangerous what you're saying. So I, I had a concern when I asked you these questions that you might, you know, <laughs> Amy Miller's making me laugh. Okay, uh, so um, that, that you might say something that would hurt you. Okay, so it's just uh, thanks. Thanks for answering. Oh, me. that's what I. I think I just gave up my career on this uh, on this radio station. So. <laughs> you might have, and, and you know what? But the thing is, if you have thoughts after, uh, you can ask me to to edit it, okay? Because I really think that there's a a danger no, today of people misinterpreting you. Uh, yeah, I do. Okay, I think there's a danger of, of that. Okay, what if a hiring manager says uh, up front, "Look, uh, if I reject a guy, don't push me." Okay. What if what if you know this uh, your first job for this person, and that's what he or she says? What's As your a third party? Am I an agency? No, you you, you know you could be someone in in house if you're working in in a big company. Well, so here's the first piece of relate, uh, recruiting, and most people or sourcing, and I think sourcing is more important than recruiting at this point. Your relationship with the hiring manager has to be the first thing you develop. Everything else is a is a house of cards and will fail if you don't have a relationship with that hiring manager. So if you have a relationship with that hiring manager and it's your first time with them, you push back easy. You push back easy if you truly believe on it, but it may not be a hill you want to die on. However, if you've had a relationship for a year, two years, you know, you have a really good bond with this person and they trust you, then, yeah, easily push back on it. If you truly believe in it, but you got to believe in the candidate. You you can't just like kind of be like, this is just the the you know low hanging fruit type thing. And by the way, can we talk about something? I yeah. hate the phrase top talent. I hate it. Okay. I think it top needs talent. To be you don't like the phrase top talent. Why? I despise it. Everybody uses it. It is so ubiquitous, and it means absolutely freaking nothing. Why does it sure means you got a good candidate? There's a difference between a good candidate and someone who's not that, uh, uh, you know, outstanding. So why does why does top talent bug you? Humanity and talent ride on the bell curve. That's it. Top talent means that everybody's on the far right side of the bell curve, and everybody else is on the other side. I yeah. truly believe that anybody can learn if they have the aptitude, attitude, and desire to do so. You're living in a that dream is, world. Oh, you're living in a dream world, I'm okay? And I'm going to look at my career. I literally went from being on a farm to being a combat medic to deployments. I learned how to do everything from dealing with a 42-year-old's uh, heart attack out in the field to doing a fasciotomy out in the field as well, which is cutting open somebody's leg. I didn't know yeah. how to do that shit. I did. Yeah. I, learned, uh-huh. I learned how to do it. Then I yeah. became a recruiter. Learned yeah. how to do that. Became yeah. good at it. Now I, yeah. now I own my own company, and I've recruited the right team. Anybody, if you're passionate about something, I would rather have somebody who had an ounce of passion 
more than, you know, a mile of experience. It just uh-huh. makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know what? I've done a little research into how much a practice can improve you. Like what separates the elite performers from the average performer? Okay? And it's it's not like 10,000 of our hours of practice. You can practice right. as much as you want and you can become competent like you just said you are or you can even, you know, uh excel at what you're doing. But talent, okay? is a certain uh is a certain element there. If you don't have a natural talent for something, you're never going to excel, okay? So don't just tell me that there's no such thing as top talent. Okay? That's the end of that. Okay. So, uh what if the first thing a candidate says to you is how much? You call the candidate, you say, "Hi, it's Brian." I'm working on a position. I'm a headhunter. I'm working on a recruiter. I'm working on a position. It might be of interest to you. Can we have a chat? How much? What are you going to say? I end the call. Yeah. What are you going to say? Well, Brian, before I talk to you, tell me how much. What kind of money are we talking about? What's your first answer? What do you say? Uh, You know, I I appreciate that. That's what you're. uh, That that's what you're looking for. But we're really no, no, no. They're asking you how much is it paying, okay? That's the first thing. Hi, I'm Brian. I'm a recruiter. I want to talk to you about this job. And they say, Brian, what's it paying? That's the first thing they say. What's your answer? Do you tell them oh, 100000 bucks top? Or do you say, look, yeah, I don't yeah. want to I'm, talk I'm about complete. that right now. Let me find out about you first. Or let me tell you about the, the what's What's here? I'm What's your approach? I'm completely transparent about the transactional stuff, but it's definitely going to pull up a red flag, even a black flag for that candidate. Why? But you can chase money, or my job for the company is to make an ROI on human capital. I'm to bring in somebody that I believe is going to stay with the company. And if all they're asking for is money and not what the Okay, hold on. I had to open up a bunch of lines. And people are complaining that I'm wrecking the show. I your okay. best animal. Because do what? not waste my time if you cannot afford me. Yes, so that's a good question. And mm-hmm. is saying, that's give a straight answer. So Brian gave the right answer according to you, right? The person says, how much Tell them, okay? Don't dick yes, around, yes. as some people say. Is that, Amy, yes. is that what you're saying? Don't, don't, yeah, don't. I'm saying, look, 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 look. Uh, there, there's a phrase, all right? We call it being coin-operated. I think Kristen Fife came up with this. We, we call it being coin-operated. So a candidate may be, quote, coin-operated, all right? But let me tell you something. If you cannot afford me, I am not going to spend hours convincing you that I'm worth talking to. You called me. I know my yep. worth in the industry. And if there's any remote possibility that I might entertain giving you an opportunity to recruit me, we better make sure we're in the same ballpark financially or it makes no sense. So if that makes me coin operated and not good enough for you, move along. You see, Brian, she said the same thing as you. Okay, hold on one sec. Let me guide. Wait a sec. I'm just going to guide him and then Brian Michael G. Cox showed up and wants to talk. Hi, Michael. Hold on a second. Hold on. Wait a second. Hi, Michael. Listen to me, okay? She said the same thing as you, but she put me in my place, okay? <laughs> That's what she's she's thinking. I'm gonna get on the phone and I'm gonna I'm gonna tell him, okay? But you didn't. You lectured. You gave me a, a a lecture like maybe they want you to do in the military. But you, what she does, she talks like those marine sergeants you see in the movies who come right in your face and yell at you. This is the way it is, okay? I want you to take a lesson from her, okay? And you're never hey, going to be an army in- brat, military spouse, small town girl. I got the same background. I can wrestle with the best of them. Okay, nice. I didn't. Like uh, I didn't. I didn't take that into consideration, okay? But, <laughs> but, but he's polite, okay? And you're not, that, okay? That is true. I will give him that. I actually feel kind of bad because he does seem like a very kind person. So I, I don't want to derail this too much because I'm sure I would really like him uh, if we ever met in person. But yeah, I'm okay. here to save the show. Okay. Now Michael G. Cox <laughs> wants to say something too. Am I right about that? I hear you come chiming in there. Yes. Yeah. So so two things in regards to the comp. 
I, when I was on the corporate side, always tell them up front. Otherwise, there's no need to proceed. I mean, imagine you have a great conversation with a person that you know you can't afford, and then you invest your hiring manager's time, and everybody on that, uh, on that org chart meets with him and says, yes, get them on board. What do you do next? You know you can't pay. Why did you waste everybody's time? So I always tell them up front. Now, on one thing I've been doing quite a bit of lately is if I know that this position doesn't make sense, I know I'm working other positions, then sometimes the conversation is because they're just trying to hit you. Well, you know, you call them up somehow, they answer, or they call you back and they say, well, what's it pay? What does it matter? If the job makes sense, if, if it makes sense that they can afford you, if it doesn't make sense, then, then maybe we'll find another position. But don't shut me down just because you want to hear a number first. You haven't even heard about the opportunity. Hold on. I'm Another not clear way. on what you're telling me. First, it's not it. about the opportunity if the money's not right. So it's perfectly okay. I deal with this all the time. I recruit hardware engineers, yeah. okay? So it's it's not easy. But there's a big difference between saying, hey, you know what? For this particular role, we're looking at probably a minimum of X. Depending on how good you are, depending on how well you interview, depending on what you're bringing to the table, sky might be the limit, my dude. So we can talk about yeah. your expectations, and if I can get there, and I'm happy to give you a starting point number, but let's have a deeper conversation. Let's really dig into what you might be worth here and see if we can get that for you. Um, yes, absolutely. And, it, and my uh, additional point to that is there are going to be other opportunities. So we need to have a conversation absolutely. regardless of what your minimums are and, and what this opportunity can afford or, or, or can't afford. So don't okay, so Michael, Michael G. Cox, and, wait and a second. So you lead with wait, that. Wait, okay? wait, wait, you say, no, no. you know what, this role, now this is important, Animal, because somebody's going to benefit from this. So let me finish. You yeah. may lead with, you know what, this particular role pays X, or this particular role is going to start at Y. If that's not enough for you, I got it. Let's ditch that role. Let's talk about your career yeah. goals. Let's talk about who you want to be when you grow up. And you know what, I might have that job too. So the more transparent you are and the more you stop playing these stupid-ass games that candidates see through all yep. the time, the faster you're going to get to an actual viable candidate that you can put in front of a hiring manager. Okay, Michael G. Cox, what she said made sense. You seemed to be talking out of both sides of your mouth. You said, yeah, I'm up front. I don't, I don't want to you know, go through the whole intake process with this yeah. candidate and then find out that we can't afford them. So – Maybe yeah. I, I was misinterpreting you, and you were telling me all along what Amy just said. It, it, you ask, yeah, be, be upfront about money, but then tell him or her that there's still uh, a reason for us to have a conversation. Is that what you were saying as well, or are you disagreeing with Amy? I dare you. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish I could, but no, that makes sense. My only additional point is there are going to be other opportunities in the future, Mr. Candidate. Yes, this one may not be able to afford you, but don't shut me down just because the money on this one doesn't make sense for you today. Okay, but but would you actually state a figure? Would you would you state yes. a figure like she said that starts at this, or would you would you would you hide that? No, the the, the, okay. the highest okay. possible now, I'll just dollar mention, amount. For there's this a famous is trainer. Famous trainer, and his advice is, at least this is how I understood it, uh, I won't give his name because Jerry says I always misquote people, okay? But he <laughs> says, don't give a figure. He says, tell the candidate right away, look, we're not talking about money here. This is a career move, okay? Um, I see that as a, you know, a, a red flag for the candidate. Uh, the guy doesn't want to talk about money. There's a reason. Okay? Brian, you yeah, want to say something? Yeah, you don't have any. Yeah. <laughs> right. So there's, there's a lot of there's, – there's a ton of nuance in, in that compensation transactional discussion. I am more interested in why this person's on the market, what they're looking for, what they're driving towards, the and then finding You're them. trying to get all right, all right. I, I got I know, I know where you're coming from as a headhunter, but like, you know, for me, it's a little bit different. And that on the corporate side, I want to know what your values are, what, what kind of projects, what kind of stuff you've done so I can sell you to my, to my organization. 
and if it's that's the right fine day. if the candidate is interested. If, if the candidate is coming 100%. to you, if somebody is applying, they've already made that step to try to get your intention or to get engaged with you. If you're going after them cold and you're headhunting and you're turning over rocks and finding the passive candidates because oh my god, isn't that what we all do all the time? We're all so special. Gross. You're not <laughs> going to get them to take you seriously if you play these stupid ass games that we've been playing for the last 30 years. It makes no I, sense. I, I don't disagree. You've also had the experience. We've all had the experience where we were able to get more money out of the company because that of person course. was a top talent, you know, gold star, medal winner, whatever bullshit uh, you know, analogy we use. But that's information that you peel back over time. You don't get it all in the first call. The first call is, I just want to have a conversation, okay? I'm happy to go first. I'm happy to tell you, look, this is kind of a bottom line number. We're heavy on equity, whatever the case may be. Now let's talk about Mm -hmm. you. I promise you, every time I give a number first, they give me a number in return. And now I have some information to work with. And I tell my candidates too, look, if you give me a number right now, if you tell me your expectations today – I'm going to keep that in mind, but I also recognize that you have the right to change your expectations as we go through this process. I'm not going to hold you to 100K when we go through the interview and you find out how big the job really is, and maybe it should be 120. We're going to talk about that, and my job is to get you the best possible offer that you can feel really good about saying yes to. So that level of transparency and advocacy is going to get you way further than this old school bullshit from thought leaders about, oh, well, no, I don't want to talk about cop. It's too early. I need you to give me a laundry list of everything you've ever said and done and why I should waste my time with you. Bullshit. Wow. Okay. Amy's on. You're jacked up. Okay. I I, I am jacked up. It's been a while. I've missed you. (laughs) Yeah, I miss you too. Yeah. I I always apologize today because, you know, I've had a lot of cancellations, like four of them now, because of COVID. And I keep saying to myself, I'm going to keep Amy in my back pocket, and I can, you know, I can just have a, have somebody well, who yeah, likes coming on. But because hey, of COVID, it doesn't work that well. Okay, that way. So I'm sorry we Animal haven't had you on for a while. Owner. I got I got to say my sponsor. Okay, I got to do an ad. Staffingdebt.com. Okay, if somebody cheats you, and you have to have your money collected, they hire somebody behind your back, you're a poor third-party recruiter, go to those guys. They are specialists in collections for recruiters. They've also got this software called Backdoor.com. So if someone hires behind your back, the software figures it out for you. Okay? Anybody else? Michael G. Cox, have you got that out of your system as well? Okay? Is there something you have to say? I'm feeling much better. I'm feeling, I'm feeling good. Hey, the other thing, you guys were talking about passion, and I had a wonderful conversation about passion and career careers recently. And, Are you saying passion uh, or, you know, or passion? Passion. Is that what we're talking about, passion? Passion. I don't know what other word you use there. Okay, I just couldn't make it out clearly. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Sorry. The – I don't see the need to have any kind of, unless you're talking to somebody that's like straight out of high school or never worked through college and had, and you some, somehow you have to find out what their passion is, but I've never cared about an individual's passion before hiring them. Like, are you passionate about selling these things? Nobody's passionate about that. Okay. His case is different. He's got, people who are i assume in their 30s and 20s they're coming out of the military that's what he was talking about and uh they are good people they, they just don't have any oh oh but let's let's calm down on broad generalizations oh who me Not or you oh, now we're going to do that now we're going to calm down on broad yeah, generalizations okay. right, let's do right. the first let's... half hour <laughs> not every veteran is but a good that's okay person. we can Not calm down veteran. about it now but that's Everybody what he was talking about, military guys. A, a pilot was his example. This uh-huh. this person flies over There's Afghanistan, over enemy territory, doesn't have a civilian skill, and, and you want to make sure – so the characters is the best reason to hire this person. Michael G. Cox, that's what he was oh. saying. No, no, that is not no, what I know. said. You, t- you let me speak about half of it. You let me talk about soft skills, <laughs> not hard skills. Let me give you an example, right, of a military transition. Now, okay. okay. Yes. 
Let, let's, let's, let's talk. You love war stories, animals, so let me give you one. I spent a couple years as an employment counselor. I actually worked at Joint Base Lewis-McChord helping veterans, transitioning veterans, and their families find work in the civilian workforce, okay? So a young officer comes in. This kid had never done anything in his life other than be in the military. He did go to college, was in the military, was a fire support officer in Afghanistan. You know what they do? They aim missiles at people, okay? And then they go pay tribal leaders when they blow shit up. They go give them money to, you know, keep everybody cool, okay? How the hell do we translate that into a day job in the civilian world? Well, I did it, and he's been a very successful logistic manager, married a girl he met while he was working with me, and has two beautiful babies. But it took a lot of effort to explain to him that you're not going to come in and be a lieutenant. You're going to come in as an entry-level supply chain guy, and here's how this maps, and here's how you're going to have to reset your expectations that you're not going to be in charge from the start because you're starting a brand-new career that you have no Life. direct experience in. Yep. Okay. So, but uh, okay. Amy, did they hire that? Did they hire that guy because of his experience, or because, he, based on what he was doing, okay. he had some kind of? They saw he was a good, a good person. I mean, he had some. I connect him. Wait, wait. Let's stop saying to, the good person bullshit. That is just. It has nothing. He was a good person, but that's regard. That's beside the point. Yeah. He, I connected him to an agency at Lucas Group, as a matter of fact, where I worked many, many years ago, to their military recruiting division, (laughs) and I connected him to two large companies that have a very significant military hiring presence. They specifically take transitioning veterans and put them into supply chain, logistics, things like that. So we took his skills, I helped him with his resume, mapped it exactly to what the job descriptions and the role descriptions were talking about, introduced him to the right people, coached him on how to interview, all of that stuff, and he landed a job as a junior, I don't remember the exact title, but like logistics something or other, where they put him into this training program actually built for transitioning veterans, making 80K a year, and now it's been, I don't know, 10 years later or something, and he's like leading an entire facility. So he had an opportunity to grow, but he had to reset his thinking that he's going to come in at an entry level. Well, I mean, 80K is pretty good for entry level, but you see what I'm saying? He came in low man on that totem pole. Yeah, uh, but you didn't tell me. Okay, what what they had, the the employer had a bias in favor of veterans, okay? If he couldn't have found somebody like that or had you find it for him, he would have had a lot of trouble. But what I heard there – need to find those people that can help you make those connections. You need to find the bridges between what a company wants and what a person can do, and do it realistically, okay? Well, None of this, oh no, my no, wait a second. Hold on, on a second. I want to take this back to Brian, who's playing Jerry's role, and telling me I didn't understand him after I let him go on for 10 minutes about it, okay? Didn't you say this person's a pilot, doesn't have any civilian skills, okay? And the basis for hiring that person or even considering them is because the character of a, of a person, a man or woman, who had done that job. And, and just before, sorry, I'm going speech. One, I never said that. You took that out. <laughs> That's what I heard. That's what I heard. I never said you should hire solely based on character. And I, if you've ever listened or read anything that I've written, I am the exact opposite of that. There are soft skills. There are hard skills. There's a lot of transferable skills that are now out there. There's over 100 companies, Fortune 500 companies, that have built these transition rotational programs. There's also companies that are really delving deep into the massive, massive student veteran population as well. We're not hiring because it's a nice thing to do. We're doing it because it's a business thing to do. It's a right business decision. You get those soft skills. You get the character. You get the, the diverse leadership. You get the you know, fire under pressure thing that is sold by Lucas Group, but also you get hard skills. Because a pilot is not just a pilot. A pilot has to organize. They have to have a project plan. They have to do a maintenance plan. They have to run a team of 15 different people with 25 different skill sets, and they have to make all that work inside of their bubble. My younger brother okay, is a, and, and a completely different industry. Industry. You want to take that. 
that, you've got to take that insight and translate it into a language that the hiring authority is speaking. So coming 100%, in and saying, hey, this and the, the most difficult part of that is that there, most companies do not have somebody like me or you in HR. Men and veterans are underrepresented in human resources and talent acquisition. Especially I got a question for Michael G. Cox. Wait, hold I'd on. I'd love to see data about that. Michael G. Cox, are you still awake? <laughs> Michael G. Cox. Yes, right here. I hear you laughing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So <laughs> listen to this guy. Listen to this guy, hey, Amy. Just dialed in. Let him speak. Let this, hold on. Amy just dis- described this person uh, who has to go out and negotiate with tribesmen in Afghanistan. I would think that would be somebody who wasn't afraid clients. Michael G. Cox, would you take that into consideration for a salesperson? Um, I would certainly try to, and we would have to test it. And, and we, could, we could set up scenarios and test his, his sales ability, but just on How? face value. I've, I've got to test those things. But and the, if the person wanted exercises. to be a salesperson, this guy didn't, so it was never a discussion. But, I mean, yeah. if they wanted to, I guess you could make that argument. Amy, Amy so, one question so for you. Would you say he was – Amy, in regards to this guy, when you first yeah. were speaking with him and trying to get him transitioned, would you say he had a deep passion for logistics going Absolutely into Absolutely not. He had a deep okay, passion for, oh, you. shit, how am I going to pay my rent? I'm getting out in three months. Yep. So it started with, okay, let's so talk about to what tell you did. him to follow his passion wouldn't have gotten him to the level of Absolutely not. Absolutely. That would have been the that. stupidest thing I could have possibly said to this kid. Follow your passion. It, it, hey, it, would, it, it would have left my office like completely shell-shocked and been like, I guess I'll re-up because that was useless. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, Amy, I can't remember. Did, did did your did your clients make you cry, or did they make, or, or did they did you make them cry, or did they make you cry? I can't I can't remember. <laughs> my my candidates make me cry, and I make my clients cry. I think that's how it works. <laughs> okay, I gotta do an ad. I gotta do an ad, everybody. But area code five hundred eight just called in. Is there something you want to say? Five hundred eight. Did you have? Uh, I just want to give you a chance. If, yes. If you have something. Brian used to. Who's Brian that? worked for me for two years. Hold on a second, Glenn Goomacker. Oh, this guy's a superstar. Did you ever call in before? Is this is this a first first call? No, I called in before, but apparently you didn't like it, so you blocked it out of your memory. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you want that to say something show. nice about the guest? <laughs> Go ahead, shoot. Yes, he worked for me for two years. If they had allowed his candidates to be hired based on character, he would have made 300 hires and he'd still be working for me. Okay, don't know what that means, but I got to do an ad. Uh, we'll come back after. <laughs> yeah, that's like a, 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 a some mysterious statement. Okay, hey, everybody, hire tool, H I R E T U A L dot com. Okay, and Glenn, uh, I, I, he can support me. He's always on Facebook. Uh, people, when there's a, a discussion of tools, sourcing tools, hire tool is always praised. By, I got Amy here. Amy's a user, okay? Love so, it. Hire tool, all the top recruiters always include. There's a lot of other tools out there, sourcing tools, that are good too. But hire tool is always mentioned as one of the top tools. Sourcing tool. Animal, you'll H. always be my favorite tool. <laughs> that is not nice. Okay, so can I, that's can a I pun. Add on to your to your pitch here. Can I get higher tool? Their money's worth here, real quick, since we're on the topic of diversity. Where we were. Go ahead. So one of my favorite exercises that I use higher tool for is I will take my hiring manager's job description. I'll plug it into higher tool. I'll run a diversity search and I'll show the difference. Here's a regular search. Here's the small population that fits the criteria you've set for us, all of these crazy, you know, list of things that you want. Oh, and look what happens when we apply the diversity filter. Now you have no pipeline. We need to rethink our job description and the kind of people that we can find that fit these requirements. So thank you, okay. Hire Tool, for that. Okay. I'm not sure what you said, but uh, thank you. Thank you for doing the ad. <laughs> Glenn, I'm coming back to you. Did you have to? Did you want to clarify what you said? You said if he would have been hiring for your company, would have been hiring for character, he would have made 300 hires. 
And uh, what does that mean? Yeah, it means when Brian was making the point before about the qualities of military veterans, the stamina, the loyalty, the character, that you're all saying, well, you'd never hire based on that alone. And I agree. But if you could use those as your primary criteria for hiring, he would have made hundreds of hires because he was presenting really strong candidates character-wise. Gotcha. Okay. So you think and the character and of, of the military and, – And out of the people that I was recruiting and sourcing for, I was bringing yeah. in Tier 1 MBAs with industry experience. I wasn't bringing in a, you know, a, a 21-year-old gun shooter who's just like, I have no idea what the fuck's going on in my life. Like, I was bringing in the top talent that was transitioning out of the military, and we still – that industry experience bias, it, it's a real thing. You know, even at the junior mid-level range, I even created a free program through the DOD, a fellowship, where somebody could come in and work for us for three months for free and learn the industry experience, learn the culture, learn the organization, and people shot it down. So, Okay, hold on a second. Wait, so you called it industry experience? Wait, hold on. You said industry experience bias. Is that fair? Is that fair to call no. that a bias? Sure. No. What's the difference no. between three and four years experience? What's the difference between five and ten years experience? You know what? I like it when I don't have to fight with you. I could just sick uh, Amy on you. Go ahead. <laughs> See, let me tell you something. I, I have debate about years of experience all the time. Your argument is with the government, okay? OFCCP compliance, look it up, I'll wait, tells you that you have to have a measurable basic qualification. We do the best Mm -hmm. we can. We do have to make some assumptions, and we do have to make some best guesses about what that looks like. But you know what? If a role says five-plus years of experience, you can't get around it and thank Uncle Sam. Thank you for bringing that up. So OSCCP is the only measurable and accountable demographic in OSCCP is the military and veteran uh, demographic. You have to have 6% if you have a national company and or you have to have a state-based measurement, which in New England is about 3.8%. Because that's the total population of veterans per civilian populace. Very different. So OFCCP also allows us the flexibility to say if somebody has five years experience or transferable skill sets or something of that nature that allows us to get around the three to five years of industry experience. Because we can teach people things. We can coach them. We can build them. We can grow them. All right, if you can show or me the link, can if you can send them. me the link to the OFCCP website that tells me that I can disregard basic qualifications per their own instructions to hire a veteran, I would love to see it. So what's the difference between a veteran with five years experience and an associate's degree and a, a minimum qualification for a bachelor's degree? What is the bachelor's degree? That is on the company reforming their job description and being able to accept diverse uh, diverse experience versus a bachelor's degree yeah. making that minimal qualification. I'm not suggesting that job descriptions are great by any means. Believe me, I argue about basic qualifications <laughs> all the time. And as a non-degreed person, I myself was not qualified for the job I currently have before Amazon changed the rule about requiring degrees. So I get it. <laughs> But I'm just saying from a compliance perspective, rules that I cannot change just want to help people play the game better. The basic qualifications are set and the job is posted with, that's what we have to work with. Now, can you make the argument that maybe next time we post, we should think about it a little little differently? Sure. I'm fine with that. Mm -hmm. Have that argument all day long. But once the role is posted, if it says you need X, you got to have X. Okay, well, I got to do an ad. Uh, 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 the show's almost over, and I'm just uh, giving yeah, them these. I got to run. I got to meet you. It's so fun. I got to go run around the house now. Love you guys. See you next week. Yeah, I'll see you Bye. next week. Yeah. PC recruit. Okay. <laughs> PCrecruiter.net. Okay. They are the Swiss army knife of recruiting software. There's a lot of good software out there. 
Marty Snyder, the boss, he'll tell you there's a lot of good software. The thing is with him, his software is very versatile. It's very configurable, customizable as well. They don't impose any restrictions on you. You shape the software to suit yourself. And if you don't know how to do it, they're happy to help you, big or small. They love them all. If you're a recruiter, PCRecruiter.net loves you. Okay, back to Glenn. We don't get to talk to him too much. We're almost out of time. Is there something that you'd like to raise that you know we haven't talked about here? Not that you know what we talked about, but is there something you want to say, Glenn, before yeah, we move on? Because I think I think we're in a very different direction. Water. Can you hear me? I don't. Maybe it's me. I don't know. I can, Michael G. Cox. Can you hear him? Can hear him? It's like he got he got a little too far away from his phone. Yeah, I'm trying to be close to my phone. Yeah, good. Stick your mouth in the phone in case you don't know about that. Mouth, (laughs) phone. I'm right by the phone. So we need to be looking at assessments only. Forget the resume. Forget the interview. If we can test for skills, that should be the main way to determine who gets hired. Yeah, I guess the question there is how how do you test for skills? Michael G. Cox brought that up as well. And I don't know, how do you test someone for, for a sales sure. role? That's something that's, we should talk about. That's a great question. These are great that's questions. Tough. By the way, let me, let me yeah. ask two things. GE, built, uh, Jack Walsh, built his business, and he said this in his biography, on the back of junior military officers because he gave them an opportunity in sales, engineering, project manager, and solutions engineering in order to build a business. And they did exceptionally well in the 80s. Companies do very, very well when they go with a military-focused program. There's a ton yep. of data that supports this. The second piece of that Procter and Gamble is the student veteran community is not represented in HR policies. And the campus strategy, internships, co-ops, fellowships, these things do not include the student veteran um, uh, community, which is a massive loss because you're getting a debt-free Industry or a veteran uh, with uh, military experience with all the good stuff, some of the bad stuff, but you also get um, higher GPAs. You get a higher STEM-based education. You get more technical prowess, and you get people that are going to be loyal and committed to a mission and be mission-oriented. That is well, a okay, so what, what you're saying there is like what I said an hour ago, that you're saying the character of these people is their 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 most attractive qualification. Uh, Glenn, your uh, sponsor here, who says you're a great guy, he endorsed what I said, even though you said that I was wrong. Uh, Michael G. Cox was sort of uh, on the fence uh, uh, about that. Is there anything else we should say? Last, uh, 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 Michael G. Cox, do you have anything to say? No, no. 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 The, well, okay. as far as GE and, and companies like uh, Procter and Gamble, the, yes, they've done a ton of JM, uh, junior military officer recruiting. Com- uh, recruiting firms like Cameron Brooks, that's all they do, and, and they supply mm-hmm. those massive organizations with junior military officers. Glenn, you want to work I used to be on the Bradley Morris uh, sales side. Um, so Great point there. I would also argue that we're not hiring for right now. We're hiring for a long term. That's why these programs are so valuable. And there, there's over 100 companies that do this now. So it, it's not a new thing. And there's, new, there's great opportunities to get into uh, diverse hiring because these are diverse individuals. And we're not just hiring because it's a good thing and patriotic thing to do. That's a good business thing to do. That's simple. Okay. It's easy. Okay. That sounds like a good final word, but Glenn is here, so I have to see if he's got anything to say to add to that. Anything? Oh, I think um, there are definitely standout companies like J.P. Morgan in the finance side who have strong military veteran programs, and we just need to get those best practices spread across the rest of the industries. Okay. Okay. Hold on a second. Brian, what's your website? I don't know if I asked you before. What's your website for your company? I won't criticize the company name. What's the website for the company? 
your journey, Y-O-U-R-J-O-U-R-N-E-Y, period, I-O. I-O. Jerry was asking about that the other day. Michael G. Cox, the famous Amy Miller. She's a guest next week. Glenn Gumacher with two N's. And my new friend, Brian Dyer. Thank you.